That was a ghostly go. Mm-hmm. That was nice. <laughs> so, no, I'm feeling it. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh... It, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Whee! I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. Who doesn't love the bounce castle? Hitler. Just prepare to. Uh, yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a wash and unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is December 18th, 2022, and this is episode 620. Coming to you from the high school home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the Dr. Jason Triplett. This show, we're going to discuss a 1-3 in three week for the Pacers, including games against Miami, Golden State, Cleveland, and the New York Knickerbockers. Joining me this week is one of our three analysts, but we're still coast to coast like buttered toast. From Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, buddy? <laughs> What's happening? Uh, sh- sh- shouting out our uh, our missing unde- undebeatables. I'm sure they're out there having fun today. And uh, also a quick shout out to the Colts. Who... <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> who need it in the worst way. <laughs> who took part in a record-setting comeback. Um after the leading history, yeah, thirty-three nil in the late in the third against the Vikings, somehow managed to still lose. So, they, I mean, they get the tank. Do do we need Saturday to come over and coach the Pacers? I think so. Uh, although the games this week, I think, uh, were more akin to what we expected to see. That's fair. Year, I think. But yeah, what were the Colts were up thirty-six to seven with like. 10 minutes left or something? Yeah, it was like nine, just over nine minutes left in the game. (laughs) Brutal. And and they had like two fumble recovery touchdowns waved off and somehow still pulled this thing out. Wow. Yeah, it's not not our best week. (laughs) Happy holidays. (laughs) Uh, Shout out Happy Hanukkah to all of those out there that are celebrating. It's the first night tonight, so... Shout out. Candles. Shout out to you. Uh, Before we start the show, just want to remind you folks that this show is brought to you by you. You can head over to patreon.com slash the undebeatables to support us, the longest running Pacers podcast for as little as a dollar a month. And we have higher tiers of five or ten dollars if you want to uh, really be a supporter and get some extra uh, swag uh, in your in your basket there. All right. Four games, as I mentioned for the Pacers this week, uh, first game Monday, uh, hosting the Miami heat in a glorified rock fight. Uh, the <laughs> heat win this one 87 to 82, uh, gotta be the lowest scoring output for the Pacers all year. Um, healed led the way for the Pacers with 19 points and chipped in nine rebounds. Of course, there were a lot of rebounds to grab, uh, Turner, 15 points, 13 rebounds, four blocks. 
and Bam Adebayo led the way for the Heat with 22 points and 17 rebounds. Uh, teams in this game shot uh, 38 and 35.4% respectively. So uh, that was fun. Bar burner. <laughs> Wednesday, uh, the Pacers uh, host the Golden State Warriors, and they pull this one out. Uh, actually in control of this game much of the time, winning 125 to 119. Halliburton snaps out of his funk and scores 29 uh, and has six assists. Matherin, 24 points. Uh, McConnell, 11 points and nine assists off the bench. Uh, key to this game was Steph Curry, who had 38 points in the 29 minutes he had played through the uh, sort of middle to end of the third quarter before he went out with a shoulder injury and did not return. Uh, it seems like he's going to be out a couple weeks, so I uh, hope he gets better soon. Uh, Friday, Pacers go on the road to play the Cleveland Cavaliers and drop this one 118 to 112. Uh, Matherin with 22, Halliburton 17, and 14 assists. Turner had a double-double, 12 points, 11 uh, rebounds. And uh, my sister's son, Spida Mitchell, just murdered us and dropped 41 uh, on our heads and several crucial buckets down the stretch. Uh, and then finally, uh, today, this afternoon, the Pacers lost to the New York Knickerbockers. This was in Gainbridge Fieldhouse, 109 to 106. Aaron Neesmith leading the way, 23 points and 10 rebounds for that guy. Uh, Buddy Heald also had 23 points. Uh, Halliburton, 15 and 10. Uh, for the Knicks, Jalen Brunson put up 30 and Randall murdered us and put up 25 and 14 <laughs> rebounds uh, so that's a tough loss that was uh the next seventh consecutive win so they are playing very good ball of late um what did you what are your takeaways from this week harper what do you what do you think uh well i mean we started off the week obviously a, a tough game against that miami team who came in playing playoff basketball for some reason against our young pacers team Really locked down. Uh, Lord Halliburton was human. Uh, forgot his cape. Um, but after giving up those, whatever, it was 29 offensive boards in that Brooklyn game, we only gave up nine in this one. So, I mean, at yeah. least we're correct in the things that are most wrong. And, you know, obviously when you've got your best player struggling the way that Halliburton was, missed all nine of his shots. One, one solitary point. Uh, you're going to go out there and struggle a little bit, especially against a good team like Miami. Uh, Jimmy Butler just kind of bided his time and then, you know, got himself going on a little, you know, seven or eight point run in the fourth quarter, which, you know, when that's 10% of the scoring that's going to take place in the game, uh, turned out to, (laughs) turned out to be enough. Um, that's it for that. That's, that's the best 13 and 15 team we're going to see this year. Probably. (laughs) No doubt. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a rough one. Uh, I didn't get to see much of this game, and when I saw the score, had no interest in uh, watching the highlights either. Yeah, you don't need to go back and watch that one play by play. That's right. Um, I caught the the Warriors game on Wednesday, which was a, a really good contest. Like I mentioned in the 
off the top, I thought the Pacers were in control of that game much of the much of the time, up by ten or so, if I'm remembering this game right. Or no, maybe I'm thinking of the uh, uh, Cleveland game. But no, yeah, the Pacers got had a, a 25 point lead at some point uh, in the second quarter. Golden State uh, is getting back in this immediately, sort of erasing the deficit uh, throughout the third quarter, and then Steph Curry, as I mentioned, goes in for a block on. Uh, I want to say it was Turner, but I may not be remembering correctly. And then just kind of tweaks his his shoulder, um, and I think it was a, a ended up being a deltoid problem or something. Uh, like left that. shoulder yeah. subluxation. Subluxation, of course. How could I forget? I mean, subluxation. We all learn about that in grade school, so it's not you know. Right. You forget right. about it at some point, but he doesn't have to have surgery, which is the good news for him. Yeah. Um, shout out to the, the guys in this game though. I mean, I thought that the Pacers played, um, their game and got some key buckets from Halliburton and, um, uh, Matherin down the stretch, uh, which really sealed the win and took care of the basketball. And I thought really out executed kind of golden state down the stretch. Yeah. Well, they were definitely shorthanded even before Curry, not having either Thompson or, uh, Wiggins definitely hurt them a little bit. And then uh, Draymond Green being Draymond managed to get himself tossed in the fourth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With two quick tees. Um, yeah, he got called for a foul. Um, deserved it. <laughs> I forget who. I think it was uh, Matherin, maybe? Like, shot a three, and uh, Green came underneath him into the the landing zone and he got called for a foul and he did not like that and proceeded to yell at the ref for the next 10 minutes. And then eventually got, yeah, just got tossed. Eventually what happened? I, I, yeah. I, it just didn't feel like playing, I guess. Right. Cause there's only one way that was going to end. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't with him like, stopping Cur- talking. Curry's gone. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not dealing with this. Uh, the, the, it should be noted that Golden State was also sitting Clay Thompson in that game for rest, and Andrew Wiggins was still nursing um, a bit of an injury, so they were not at full strength. Yeah, no wise men either. Yeah, very right. shorthanded. But um, a win's a win, and you know yeah, we totally. we we played well. And also, shout out to Colson who correctly predicted a one in three week with a Warriors win. Mm-hmm. So I guess wow. I guess he must have known it was a rest day for Clay and. Draymond I mean, he's really going. got his finger on the pulse of this team. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's really incredible. Shout out. Uh, yeah, but really nice back bounce back for Halliburton in that one, too. It was important for him absolutely. to get his legs back under him. Five of ten from the range. Got to the line seven times. Just a, a really solid effort against, you know, a, a team that you can take advantage of their backcourt a little bit, especially when Thompson's not out there. Yep, yep. Both both he and Matherin really got out of their funk there. Um Matherin had gone through a little bit of a, a lull there the last few games, um, and really this Golden, the rest of the week after this Golden State game I, is kind of back to being uh, Ben Matherin, which is good to see. Um, the The Cleveland game was super interesting to me. Um, this was the type of game I expected this team to play all season long, which was very exciting. Um, the Pacers were it was sort of back and forth early, but then in the second half, the Pacers were just in control of this game. They were up by 10 to 12 points basically for the entire third quarter and uh, well into the fourth. And then Cleveland just 
started playing defense and uh, the Pacers started making bad decisions and, and shooting bad shots and got punished for that. And then, of course, our old friend, the offensive rebound, uh, or the opponent's offensive rebound came into play down the stretch. There were several, what felt like six or seven key possessions. I'm sure it was two um, that they uh, allowed offensive rebounds um, in Cleveland to get points when they could have really extended the lead and, um, you know, made it a game. But uh, also, Halliburton played well in this game, but um, could not buy a bucket from deep. I think it was O of eight or nine. If he makes, you know, one, three <laughs> throughout the game, maybe this is a totally different outcome. But Definitely. But uh, Donovan Mitchell was not going to let that one get away. It, it, it might not have mattered what anybody did. Once he uh, once he turned it on, man, that guy was just unstoppable. I mean, we were, mm-hmm. we were guarding him inside his shirt, and he was still canting stuff from deep. I mean... Uh, he's got an amazing ability to get to his spots. He's a tremendous finisher. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just that, that that guy's a baller. And to have the kind of talent behind him that he does right now, and Mobley and Garland, I mean, that team is just they're, they're, when they got it going, they're tough. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, he makes some slippery moves. Uh, there are multiple times. Both my my folks are in town so my dad was watching the game multiple times my dad and i were just like oh where'd he oh. go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what a move holy shnikes um yeah and then i didn't get a, a chance to catch the knicks game today did you i uh, caught some of the second half i uh, got a little addicted to soccer today so uh, sure with good reason <laughs> um very competitive game um bench huge in this one like they've been all season um, Matherin with you know another 15 points um, and just it, it came down to the stretch you know and Buddy Heald got himself into a little trouble a few times uh, some silly turnovers bad foul late mm-hmm. in the game you know we were up I think 104 103 um, and just you know we got kind of a ticky tack foul against Randall from Neesmith and um, just couldn't couldn't quite put the finishing touches on this one. That's, yeah, this game back and forth. Yeah, we uh, could have had that 19 one. Nineteen lead changes and seventeen ties in this game. So and this was really anybody's game. We're really used to you know executing teams in these kind of situations, but just didn't quite get the job done here. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, you bring up the decision making from Heald uh, in this New York game and. The I noticed the same thing in the Cleveland game. There were down the stretch a few times that the Pacers. I mean, granted, Cleveland's defense was stepped up, but a lot of settling for early threes um, and contested threes that I thought were not necessary. Yeah. Um, which again, this is sort of the the type of thing that I expected coming into the season. You know, you've got a third year point guard. You're you're playing two rookies down the stretch. The thing that's disappointing to me, um, and maybe we can extend the conversation that uh, Colson and I had last week, is that oftentimes you have <laughs> you have that, but then you have Buddy Heald chipping in uh, a few extra bad decisions down the stretch, which is uh, never helpful. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened here. A couple of threes that he didn't have to take, he would have done better to... Uh, you know, maybe get into the lane. He had one where he could have shot a pretty good looking three, but instead decided to pass it to the Knicks. 
Um, you know, and, and we were in a position where we really, you know, could have pulled off a trap late and, you know, he just, he failed to execute, you know, his decision-making has been better this year than it has been historically. <laughs> there's no doubt about sure. that, uh, but there's still plenty of room for improvement for him. And, you know, he's, you know, he's a really hard worker, um, you know, but just, just, you know, if, if we could just get rid of the worst 10% of what he's doing out there, it would make such a vast difference uh, because mm-hmm. the, you know, for him, the, you know, just the, how far he goes from the median in either direction over the course of a game can be so huge. Like, <laughs> just got wild swings from awesome to what? That's a good point. Yeah. His, his average, that's what, yeah, you end up looking at averages and you're like, oh, okay, this makes sense. But then, yeah, from moment to moment, <laughs> you, you get in, it's like good buddy or bad buddy. Like there's no in between. <laughs> There's no, there's no okay, buddy. No. And uh, w- welcome back to uh, Chris Duarte, who got. Uh, oh yeah! Shout out. Yeah, got his uh, first minutes after returning. Played 14 in this one. Gets six points and a couple boards, two of five from the floor. Um, he's okay. He's got, he's got some work to do to uh, round back into shape for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna take him some time. Yeah, coming and, back from ankle. And with how Neesmith's been playing, I mean, those those minutes just they they ain't his right now. <laughs> a yeah, lot of competition yeah. on this team. Is, uh, I've been really impressed with his activity. I mean, I feel like I've said that. That's kind of my only comment about him all year. But but really, it is like, you know, he comes in and he plays hard, and uh, all the other stuff I think will hopefully catch up, um, skill wise and shooting wise and stuff. So yeah. Uh, we'll see. Um, I had one more thing I was just going to say, and I totally blanked on what it was. So let's talk about what we're going to do next week. The Pacers have two games this week, very light schedule, um, but very tough schedule. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, the Pacers now, uh, after dropping this game to the Knicks, are now under 500. We're 15 and 16 for the first time since early November. Um, so that high that we were riding, uh, is not, uh, so great anymore. And the Pacers have now dropped into ninth position in the Eastern Conference standings. Um, a mere game and a half ahead of, no, two and a half games ahead of the Bulls for the 11th spot. Uh, so there's that to talk about. Uh, coming up this week, the Pacers, two games, Wednesday at Boston and Friday at Miami. Uh, what are you seeing here? Uh, I mean, it'll be, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm happy to lose to Boston. I kind of want one back on Miami now. Though. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take one and one. For sure. For sure. I feel like we owe them a couple. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, one and one sounds good. I feel like it's two no. I think Boston is uh, they're they're they they overachieved early, mm. and now they're uh, gonna come back to back to earth, and we're gonna get back over five hundred going into the the Christmas holiday. Get to celebrate. Like it. Sounds good. Uh, okay, let's talk soccer. Um, this game was insane. Uh, for those of you that didn't catch the World Cup final. I don't know what you were doing. Go watch it. It was quite possibly the greatest game ever. Uh, Argentina just 
completely dominant in the first half, like maybe the most impressive half I've seen from an international squad like ever. Like France, France, who is one of the most talented teams ever, just couldn't possess the ball. Like anytime they got it, it was a turnover. The ball pressure was tremendous. Three seconds or something. They earn a penalty sort of midway through the first half. Messi nails that. But I want to talk about this goal, the second goal, which was this pass by Messi. I don't know if people understand how hard this pass was. So he receives the ball in midfield, uh, back to the goal, sort of traps it. It kind of pops up on him, and he proceeds to flick it backwards with his left. I mean, he's left-footed, so it's his dominant foot, I guess, but still flicks it backwards with enough pace to, like, it's like a through ball that just unlocks the entire defense, and then there's a pass forward, and then another pass forward, and they, they finish. Two basically wild one-touches. Yeah. Yeah, basically just clinical soccer, like the way you dream it up. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then who were you cheering for in this great, game? Great finish from, from Di Maria on that one, too, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. good to see. I, I, I like the conscious part of my brain wanted to root for Messi to finally – you know, check that last box on his career list of of, of getting mm-hmm. a World Cup. But somehow I just, I like, regardless of what I wanted to do, like I was definitely rooting for France in spite of myself. Um, yeah. They're just, they, they really are an incredible team. And uh, it, 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 as poor as they looked in that first half, uh, boy, it doesn't take them long to get going. I mean, it was 93 Ooh. seconds it took to level that thing. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and this is like in the 80th minute. So so Argentina are basically just holding their own for the most part in the, the second half. France is a little bit threatening, but not too threatening. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, I forget who drew the penalty, but uh, there's a, a chip over the, the, the back line. Uh, they earn a penalty. Mbappe just nails this penalty despite the fact that the Argentinian keeper gips a gets a hand on it and then yeah like you said what was 90 seconds later um including celebration time which there was plenty of I feel like (laughs) well that one they like Mbappe ran in and just grabbed the ball and ran back I guess like so there wasn't a ton of celebration but uh again this play by the French was just incredible as well like uh couple one two passes and then a pop it over the the top and Mbappe just just nails this half volley um from the top of the 18 great angle and just buries it in the corner like side netting all of a sudden it's a tie game and and Argentina are just stumbling basically to to make it to full time yeah, right they <laughs> look exhausted at that time. point <clears throat> and then the extra time even more crazy like uh teams are sort of they're both just like kind of boxers at the for the first 15 minutes i think just kind of feeling each other out and then all of a sudden like argentina woke up again and i felt that they were just completely dominant for like a 10 minute stretch there they get a beautiful goal uh from messi off a off a rebound of some prior just amazing football And a goalie save with his face. Yeah, mostly, yeah. He got a lot of jaw (laughs) on that ball. Yeah. And then Messi scores again. He's looking to be the hero. You know, the the story is written. Uh, 
as you mentioned or whatever. And then France just won't go away. And they draw, they draw another penalty in the end. Uh, Mbappe scores again, uh, which is probably one of the harder things to do psychologically, right? Mm-hmm. We saw Harry Kane against France get the same situation where second penalty just skies it over the over the bar or whatever. Yeah. And Martinez uh, known for his ability to, to stop PKs too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, got a finger on this one again, I think, right? Yeah, just too much power. Yeah, just crazy power. So Mbappe is now hat-tricked in a World Cup final <laughs> uh, for the fun of it. And then down the stretch, it was just just chaos. I feel like there were like three or four or five chances in the last like two minutes of extra time. Uh, Martinez had to make a crazy like kick save and a boot and, and a boot uh-huh. to like prevent France from from scoring. Messi had another chance where he almost scored, but a, a French defender gets the ball like gets a touch on the ball just on milliseconds it enough before <laughs> milliseconds before Messi is going to strike the ball and he, it goes wide. Uh, and then there was a couple other. Um, like, Mbappe had a wicked cross right through that almost yes. found the net that uh, they couldn't get ahead on. I mean, missed it by two inches. I mean, yeah, yeah, just wild, just as wild. And then it goes to PKs, and um, you know, I'm not. I've never been a fan of PKs, but you know, I sort of understand the psychology of them. And uh, Martinez for Argentina gets a save. Um, really psyched out <laughs> the french guy uh <laughs> had an amazing celebration afterwards which i'm sure is going to be a meme for the next week uh and then another french player just goes wide i think just got psyched out and went wide and argentina hit every single one of their pks so and they are now the champs the world champs first time since 86 yeah and messi messi finally has his world cup victory and gets the golden boot now just barely yes. beats out Mbappe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I believe so. I think he beat him by one. I think he beat him by one. Yeah. Despite the fact that Mbappe had a hat trick, <laughs> first guy since like some dude in '66. Yeah, some dude I'd never like heard of. English. Yeah, yeah. Terry Schultz or something. I was like, who? who? Yeah. Just amazing though. Like three hours of. Uh, just awesome football yeah and overall really good tournament yeah it was and you know in in this one the right you know the ref did you know did not get in the way which is not something you can always say of soccer did a did a really formidable job um and and a game that was really tough to call they were obviously out there being very physical which uh makes it tough 40 foul over 40 fouls at least five yellows and you know yeah I could have could have pulled a couple reds out there at a couple points, but yeah. best not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That referee was like the Ed Hockley yeah, of, uh, of soccer. Yeah, <laughs> he was so ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna mess with him. Nope. Like, oh man, super good though. Good. Uh, we were we were cheering for uh, France in this house, so we we're slightly disappointed, uh, but. I like you was found myself rooting for Messi to uh, to get his that check that last box basically. Yeah, like I've always been a Messi over Ronaldo guy, mm-hmm. so it was good to see him get this. Uh, yeah, checkmate basically. Yeah, uh, and on a career and and what a and what a what a way to go out. I mean, just yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. And it wasn't like Messi was uh, 
you know, dogging it out there, right? <laughs> no. Like you said, Golden Boot also had like three or four assists, I think, throughout the tournament and just very creative. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's still out there chugging chugging in the 110th minute, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, where does the guy have the energy? Just incredible, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so... Um, it's such a bummer that international soccer and the World Cup are just so thrilling and exciting that FIFA is just going to be the most corrupt organization ever, mm-hmm. and they'll just be able to get away with that for the rest of time of time basically Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) it's it's kind of ridiculous but anyway when do we get to enter the lottery to uh have an undebitacon for world cup 2026 i don't know that's a good question we'll have to uh have to get in early um any games in boise uh i don't i don't think we're getting any but uh uh we probably make our way to la or something huh yeah yeah I don't, there's no games in D.C., surprisingly. I think there are games in Philly and Boston and maybe New York, but not 100% sure. Yeah, maybe we should go to Canada or Mexico City or something. No, oh, that'd be awesome. I would love to go to Canada. A little Vancouver action? Yeah. All right. Book it. Book it. Let's do it. All right. Let's get out of here. Um, thank you, everyone for listening uh we will be back on thursday uh between now and then you can find us on twitter we are at undebeatables we are on facebook.com slash the undebeatables uh you can email us at shout out at the undebeatables.com uh we have a website uh the undebeatables.com with a contact form there and if you are on that website we also have a store page where you can buy a small t-shirt oh i don't know this uh oh, for our, yeah that was your cue for our, for our <laughs> once and always hall of fame coach bobby slick yeah, and the architect johnny wall in the, in, in the architect johnny walsh johnny, you know johnny. <laughs> good old johnny turn out the lights party's over oh good one that was that was true Boise style. <laughs> hanging out with the Cowboys. I'm working on it. I'm working like on it. it. <laughs>